Welcome to the 10 Degree Shift Podcast, where your host, AJ, shares small 10 degree shifts you can make to improve your business, its people, and culture, one shift at a time. G'day, and welcome to another episode of the podcast where we're showcasing leaders who are doing great things in organizations and the community. Today, my very special guest is Brenda here, and Brenda is the CEO of Hunter Primary Care, which is a very large organization that has a really important role that it plays in the community. And Brenda and her team have been on quite a journey of leadership, of culture change, and also, I guess, have been through the COVID and all of the experiences that that brings with managing teams and people along the way. So welcome today to the podcast. Thank you, Virgil. And so for starters, I just wanted to ask your own view of leadership. What does leadership mean to you? I think it means um, challenging the status quo. Um, Things can't stay static. We have to change. In a business like ours, change is inevitable, change of government, change of um, health policy, et cetera. And I think for me, the most important thing about leadership is to motivate and encourage people to be their best. Mm. Um, my job is to influence and guide people to be their best and, um, yeah, and make sure that the people that you are encouraging and motivating continue to follow um, follow you as a, as a leader. So yeah. by motivating them, you can usually bring them along the journey with you. Yeah. And so you've been here about five and a half years, which is quite a while, and long enough to kind of embed yourself and really get a good feel for the culture. What are you most proud of here? What do you love about the work that Hunter Primary Care does? Um, What I'm most proud of is that we service the community and the vulnerable people that wouldn't otherwise have access to health services. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm proud of my staff. Um, It's a really good culture here. Everybody is almost family. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, it's really good really good in in that regard um, that everyone is motivated to come to work. Mm. I think that's important around cultures to make work meaningful and those people that um, work at Hunter Primary Care see their job as meaningful because they are encouraging the vulnerable people to improve their health. Mm. Um, We have good performance. Um, I won't say 100% of the staff perform at 100%, but Mm. I would say about 90%. 95 to 97% of our staff are high performers and high achievers mm-hmm. and enjoy working with those vulnerable people. Yeah, fantastic. Well, and certainly whenever I hear things talked about, you know, your brand is very positive in that people see the difference that you make as an organisation in the community, yeah. which is amazing. And our clients um, are good advocates for Hunter Primary Care, so it shows that we are doing a good job. Yeah, amazing. And so speaking of COVID and the impact that that has, you are a service that is in lots of ways quite face-to-face. How have you had to adjust and course correct and what have you learned through the process of what the whole world's been through? Um, We cope mainly by using video. Mm -hmm. Uh, We couldn't stop serving those vulnerable people. Um, Definitely the aged care uh, visiting aged care was was difficult because uh, mm. it's hard to communicate with some some of the elderly, but um, we got through and um, mm. the staff have embraced now using video, whether it be such as what we're doing right, right here now. now. <laughs> um, also, the community have embraced video. Mm. Um, 
But interestingly, most people still prefer that face-to-face health service. Um, I think it's more meaningful to to the people, to our clients, because they can engage and um, socialise with with their healthcare provider. Mm. What have I learned? Well, (laughs) I've learned to be flexible. Mm. Um, At first it was forced upon us, and for somebody who's my age, I found flexibility a bit daunting at Mm. first. Uh, having people working from home, mm. it wasn't really the norm 25 years ago. Um, but I've learned to adjust, and I guess I have to learn. I had to learn to adjust in order to maintain the culture that we had, and also to uh, make sure I could keep my staff. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the biggest learning curve for me was to maintain a strong culture, um, and the introduction of flexibility was important to the staff, mm. and. Um, yeah, not everybody chose to work from home, actually, and still not everybody chooses to work from home. Yeah. But that flexibility is important to our staff and it's important to our clients as well. Yes, because certainly I think for lots of organisations, the panacea was this work from home and it's been talked about for a decade or more, but it really got forced on us. I know you made a, a conscious decision to come to work though do you want to share a little bit about that yes um some of our staff were unable to work from home because mm-hmm. of the nature of their roles and uh, as a leader i uh, felt it was my duty to to be here to support those that otherwise couldn't work from home mm-hmm. so during the pandemic i i and um the other executive came to work every day to support those that couldn't otherwise work from home mm-hmm. so and i think that went down um well with those mm. staff that couldn't couldn't go yeah. home. But interestingly, those that couldn't work from home weren't um, jealous of those that could work from home because, right. yeah, that was interesting because I did feel sorry for those that couldn't work mm. from home. But um, a lot of those people said, no, we actually still like coming to work. So That's that interesting. Was, and yeah, that's really kind of a testament to the culture if there yeah. wasn't a us and them or you can do this and I can't. That's right. But that we're all in it together. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And so you've been on quite a culture journey and you've been doing some work. You've done testing of leaders through, um, uh, I guess, a profiling tool called the LSI, the Lifestyles um, Inventory. And you've done a lot of work on coaching and performance and up-leveling your team. How has that journey evolved and what are you discovering and learning through that process of investing in your people? Um, I think the biggest part of the investment was was the um, the LSI, as, as AJ said. I think the big benefit came out of the coaching. We co- had all our senior managers under and executive undergo some coaching, mm. and each and every one of them was um, thankful for the coaching, and a lot of them have fed back that it has actually changed their management style and their leadership style and their own personal styles. You know, they've taken what they learned from the coaching and adapted it not only at work but to their their home as well, their Mm. everyday lifestyle. Mm. Um, The LSI taught us a few things along the journey. Um, In fact, a major restructure occurred about six months ago, not as a result of the LSI, but looking at at the results of the LSI indicated that there was a problem um, with our leadership and we looked at how to restructure it uh, to be more positive and we've done that. And since um, that restructure, we've definitely seen some positivity um, Mm. within within the organisation. So it was a small shift uh, for me but a big shift for for some people because, once again, the change 
change management was difficult and we had to deal with a few um, positive things and a few negative things along the way. But as far as the, the culture goes, um, there's been a huge improvement and that's feedback from, from the staff as well as my own visibility. Mm -hmm. um, I walk around every morning and have done my whole CEO life. Mm -hmm. I just about know everybody by by name. Um, so I can feel the positivity as as I walk around since since we've had this um, shift in, in leadership. Yeah, great. And it is sometimes that intangible, isn't it? It's a vibe you can sense. Um, it's great that you can start testing and measuring that in a way, but it also takes courage, doesn't mm -hmm. it, to embark on a program like that or to say, you know what, we could improve or there's some areas um, of improvement. How did you find people responded to you engaging in that, initiating it? Were the leaders um, embracing of it or were they a bit wary and fearful in the beginning? Um, we broke it up into, into um, different segments. Mm -hmm. First of all, the executive did it, which at the time consisted of four people. I'd have to say that 50% or two of those four people, were a bit wary of it. Mm. I think they were um, frightened of the, the outcome and frightened mm. of sharing the LSI with the others. But I have to say that it was fairly obvious to me, um, the other three execs, that their results actually reflect uh, what I thought. Mm. What was more surprising was that I thought um, my LSI would reflect not a lot better, but a lot differently. So after doing the LSI, I um, changed a few of my leadership styles and was more conscious of the way that I interact um, with the executive in particular. Right. So then we did the senior managers and the senior managers embraced it. Mm -hmm. They really thought it was a great tool that they could use, um, improve their leadership style, and also some of them took it um into their personal life as well, a bit like the coaching. So, yeah, yeah so there was mixed mixed feelings amongst different groups. So oh, we also had the board do it. Mm -hmm. um, the board were very motivated uh, to do it and thought that the outcome was excellent. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. And I think lots of people sometimes separate the board from the operational and don't see that we're all on one team. So mm -hmm. it's wonderful that they embraced it and were happy to be part of that process as well yep. um, and it's kind of like isn't it the water level rises for everyone then yeah. when you're really in it together yeah. um, and I, I appreciate your honesty and vulnerability in sharing that your results were surprising in some ways for yourself and um, you know that's kind of what makes a great leader isn't it that we're able to self-reflect and sometimes it is hard to see what's that lens that others yeah. experience um, and especially if we're a blend of charisma and competence, some people are more charismatic leaders, some are more competent, and it's finding that blend, isn't it, that works for everyone. Definitely. You know? Definitely a blend in leadership. You can't you can't maintain one without the other. Mm. Definitely. Um, the charisma is what helps influence and guide others. Mm. And um, yeah, you do need to be conscious of um how you interact with other people and people's perception yeah. of, of the way you interact with them is, is yeah, can be eye-opening sometimes when you get some of the comments back. But yeah. As, as a leader, you have to be prepared to accept mm. and, and change when needed. Yeah. So I love hearing that some of the small shifts you've made through doing the LSI and some of the personal shifts as well as your leadership team have started to reap bigger rewards. 
I guess with culture, it always takes a while. Mm. So you may not see the biggest rewards yet. They might be a year or two away. Mm. What are you looking forward to seeing? What do you think is on the horizon? Um, from a culture point of view? Yeah. Um, I believe, um, and it could be just the lens that I look through, I'd like to maintain and maintain the culture that we have and, and grow our staff mm-hmm. to achieve whatever it is they want to achieve. achieve. Um, just maintain that, that culture where everyone feels like it's a, one big happy family mm-hmm. and um, our staff retention is quite high. Um, not in all cases. Um, with the leadership change, we did lose a few people along the way mm-hmm. um, because they didn't accept the change, mm-hmm. um, and that that goes with any change. You know, not everybody likes change. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I believe, um, and that is through my lens. But mm-hmm. I believe that when I walk around every morning, I get a sense that most of the people here are, are happy here, and like I said, our, our retention is good, and we tend to attract really good staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we just maintain that culture, not only within our own employee, but we need to maintain that culture outside with our clients and our stakeholders as well. Mm. So, yeah, culture is absolutely the most important thing about my leadership uh, role is to maintain and make sure that Hunter Primary Care has a good culture. And um, we do do staff um, surveys from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and encourage our senior managers and executives to reflect on their LSI and use that to build a a better culture as well. Fantastic. And from all intents and purposes, everything I hear in the community as well really suggests this is an organisation that's very diverse and inclusive and um, has really embraced that, you know, being a welcome place for everyone. So hats off to you. Congratulations (laughs) on all the work you've done so far because it's not easy. Um, it does take effort, but it's so worth it. To to wrap up, Brenda, have you got any final tips or things of success that you're like if anyone else was thinking about going on a bit of a culture change journey or a transformation and improvement? Would you give any other tips to other leaders who are considering it? If you are considering um, change and improvement in culture, there's, there's a few key points. Mm-hmm. Um, employee engagement is, is key. Communication is is key and talk about any changes uh, that may impact staff. Talk about it in advance. Don't make the change and then start the talking. You've got to bring the people along on the journey. You need to influence them why um, we need change. So don't upset the culture by not um, engaging your employees. That that would be the most important thing um, to take away when you are thinking about um, culture and change because any change can affect affect the culture because if if you haven't informed your staff or communicated with them or engaged in them you will rock the boat mm. so yeah that would be my takeaway great tips and advice and I think when I look at the research of people like Patrick Lencioni who looks at five behaviors of effective teams he always says high performance comes when you build trust first. Mm-hmm. And that is that communication piece, sharing with people, explaining where we're going. So um, well done again to you and the team on where you've come from, what you've gotten to, and all the best for an exciting future ahead. Thank you, AJ. Thank you. Thank you.